It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's great to have so many of you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce marketing. You can join the chat about e-commerce marketing and anything else e-commerce, quite frankly, at the e-commerce Master Plan World Facebook group that you will find via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook or just have a look for it on Facebook and I'm sure you'll find it. Now, I know a lot of you from my conversations in the group and elsewhere are running your own boutique bricks and clicks businesses, selling out of your own physical store and also online via your own website with maybe a bit of marketplace activity in the mix too. Taking on all those different roles, a buyer, visual merchandiser, shop assistant, marketer and quite frankly, everything. Um, today, we've got a guest just like you on to share her wisdom. So I want to introduce you to our special guest today. Kirsty Patrick is the owner of Home by Kirsty, a boutique bricks and clicks business in Cardiff. That's in Wales in the UK for our international listeners. It's focused on homeware by leading British and Welsh designers and all of it has a clean contemporary aesthetic. Kirsty launched with the physical store in 2014 and added the website in early 2015. Hello, Kirsty. I've just given our listeners a really quick overview of you and your business. How are you doing today? Hi, really nice to talk to you. Yeah, um, really good. It's nice and sunny here in Cardiff, which is um, a great sign. <laughs> it's always Life is always better when the sun's out, especially as we emerge from the winter. Um, so I just tell people kind of what you've been up to but how did you get started in the first place why why did you come up with home by Kirsty? well um my background is lighting design so um i studied uh product design um back in 2013 and graduated and um have my own sort of lighting range and then it's that cheesy corny line of always wanting to have my own shop Mm -hmm. and but basically I worked towards that um, whilst doing my own uh, work and also working as a visual merchandiser for Habitat and Topshop. Oh, wow, uh, that's a good place to learn the skill. Yeah, so it gave me a really good sort of insight um, and background really. Um, and then whilst working numerous other jobs, sort of having in the background thinking, right, my goal is to have a shop. Um, and then it got to one point that I was just like, right, I'm just going to go for it. And then got some ideas together, started to do a lot of research into um, other designers and who I'd want to be in the shop. Um, and yeah, took it from there, really. And just for any of our listeners who aren't quite clued up on some of the lingo, could you just explain what a visual merchandiser is? Because I think they're um, a really important part of retail, but I know a lot of people won't know it. So um, a visual merchandiser, um, you're there basically um, to make the products in the shop look beautiful and make people want to buy them, really. Um, So my role was really the creative side. So I was um, to do with the windows and also um, any sort of of mannequin dressing. Um, With Topshop, it was obviously very fashion-led, but we also had quite a creative role there. So um, whether it be sort of murals on the wall to pull people's eyes towards the back of the wall. Um, So yeah, it was a really good way to get an idea about how you run a shop and how you get people in there. 
Because it's literally visually merchandising the product. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'd have teams that were literally there just to merchandise the product. And then I was there to add in the extras. So pulling the windows together, adding um, yeah, the mannequins, um, any spacing around it. Um, yeah, and just basically making the products shine and want people to buy them. Okay, awesome. Thank you for explaining that because I just didn't want people to be screaming at whatever they're listening to this on going, what's a visual merchandiser? I don't know. I run a shop. Ah. Um, okay, before we kind of get into your story and, and how you've built the business over the last four years, um, give us a few kind of key details about the business as it is now. So you're in Cardiff in the UK. Where do you sell to? Um, so I sell, I open the shop up, um, so I sell directly to my customers within the Cardiff and surrounding areas, um, so I'm open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, and then I sell online, so I'll sell to across the UK, um, and then I sell with Truva as well, which also hits the international market as well, um, and I also do get a few inquiries for international orders um through the website as well so i can accommodate those um i just have to arrange sort of postage and shipping so got you okay and you mentioned truva there um that's i'll be honest that's not a marketplace i'd heard of until you told me about it earlier um can you explain a little bit about truva and why you chose them um, well, basically, it's um, an online um, website for physical boutique shops, and it's a place where we can sell our products as well as selling them on our own websites. Um, they do take a, a commission, uh, but obviously, they're quite uh, they're, well. They're a new-ish business, but they've got a really great team behind them. So, their um, reach to market is far greater than mine is and um, so it's getting my products out in front of customers that I can't reach basically um, and yeah they curate um, their website really beautifully and um, so it goes really well with my brand. It is a stunning website the Truva one it, it doesn't scream marketplace I have to say when you go on yeah, it if that makes it's really, sense. It's really well curated and um, the products are chosen beautifully and um, it's got a really sort of clean um, feel to it so um yeah it works very well with the products that I sell and I'd hope my customers are their customers as well so um yeah that's why I decided to go with them just a really good fit yeah absolutely because I think um yeah getting your business to work with other businesses you really need to have the same sort of wavelength or feel really to make it a genuine connection I think Oh yeah, couldn't agree with you more. It kind of all comes down to values and that side of things from the very beginning. But we might get into that a little later. Um, so tell us a bit about the product. We said you're your boutique and it's about design. I imagine a few people are kind of going, we're we talking fashion, we're we talking homewares. Can you tell us about your kind of key product categories? Um, so I'm, yeah, most definitely homeware. So um, lighting, um, sort of homeware, so cushions, soft furnishings, um, vases, and then I've got jewellery and stationery um, and gifts. So some would probably call me like a lifestyle store. So um, I cover quite a large range of products um, that all, all work with each other. So they all kind of like have the same ethos behind them. They're all really well made or I know the maker that makes them or, um, yeah, you want them to last the products as well. That's a really key point as well for my products as well. 
is that they've got some durability to them. Yeah, absolutely. I'd much prefer somebody to come in and buy a a chosen products that they're going to cherish and love for the next 20, 30 years rather than just spending five pounds on a cushion and then throwing it away in the next, you know, three months when the fashion's over sort of thing. I'd much prefer somebody came in and really loved that product and yeah, wanted it for the rest of their life, basically. Cool. And have you always sold those product categories or has that evolved? Um, I've mainly sold them. Um, I started out um, quite more with the homewares. Um, I've always had jewellery and cards. Um, The stationery element has kind of added in um, as it's uh, grown. And I've basically, I tend to use quite a lot of stationery. So I was kind of like, maybe other people would like it too. So um, (laughs) Yeah, so I started to bring in some stationery and that sells really well, along with some like magazines as well. Um, so, yeah, so they, it, it has developed. And I started when I first opened the doors um, with 25 designers. And now I've, well, I had 60 in the old store when I had the bigger premises. And now I've gone back down to about 45. So, so it's definitely grown. <laughs> Cool. And we'll talk a little bit about that sh- that shop change a little later on too. Uh, but before we get on to that, on the e-commerce side of things, you're selling on Truva. What platform have you built your own website on? Uh, so I use Squarespace. Um, I find it really, really easy to use. Um, the backside of the website is yeah, it's a dream, basically. It's so easy, um, user-friendly. Uh, I can basically have the control and feel like I know what I'm doing um which I think is so important when you are um a one person (laughs) business um if you haven't got that tech team behind you to be able to you know show you what what you need to do um I think having something that's easy to use is is really important Definitely. And um, I was about to ask you about your team. There is just you. Is there anything you've got anyone else doing for you at all? Um, the only thing that I have, um, I've got a, a friend that uh, she did some uh, work for me as um, a freelance um, copywriter and social media. Um, and Nat is an absolute legend. And um, she does help me out with some of my social media and um just almost planning out my social media so um it's really important to me that the content is coming from me directly and but it's also I'm massively dyslexic so um which is quite common in the creative world um Mm -hmm. so um yeah having help with the written side of things I find so valuable excellent I, I love that doing as much as you can yourself but that one weakness find someone awesome to do it for you Um, now I said we talk a little bit about the physical store because you've recently shifted locations in kind of quite quite a dramatic change do you want to tell the audience a little bit about that and why it came about yeah absolutely um basically so I was in the city centre so um right in the heart of Cardiff um in some of the historic arcades so Castle Arcade um beautiful beautiful setting um yeah grade two listed gorgeous big window front um yeah perfect location until you start getting <laughs> the bills coming in and um 
the change in footfall in town um I've noticed a massive change um mm-hmm. and also uh there's a lot of um food in Cardiff which is amazing and a lot of independent traders which is fantastic um but it really changes the kind of area as a destination for people to go for food rather than actually going for shopping um so it was coming to the end of my contract, so the end of my three years lease. And I just wanted to really think it was either whether to call it quits, which um, I'm a little bit stubborn and didn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I thought, right, how can I really switch this on the head and change it around? So I really, um, because my sales are more on people coming into the bricks and mortar shop I really didn't want to just go straight online I didn't feel uh, confident enough that I could bring in enough sales basically so I really wanted to have um, a physical premises still and so I kept on having a look for it's probably over six months trying to find a property and really really hard and um, estate agents were sending me huge huge massive retail spaces and I was just like are you not listening to me <laughs> <laughs> I am oh, not I am not Argos no, I am I am not home base <laughs> yeah. so they were sending me these huge premises with like 35,000 a year and I was like no this is why I'm changing and, <laughs> um, so yeah basically I was visiting a friend and parked outside this really nice little coach house and basically just put a little note through the door and said if you ever want to rent this I'd love to um, and Garth who owns it phoned me up the next day and said well actually I'm retiring would you like it and I was like yes oh, wow. that's amazing <laughs> So, yeah, that's how I got the property. Um, it needed an absolute ton load of work doing to it. Um, Garth had been there for 15 years as a mortgage advisor. So um, it was, you know, being a, a commercial premises, but needed a lot of work. But mm-hmm. um, the shop fit, I basically could take with me. So um, that's how I designed it with um, my interior designer. Um, she's a interior architect and we designed it so if there was the case that I needed to move it it's really nice and flexible so um basically I only needed to buy an extra sheet of wood to cut (laughs) so my outlay was actually really minimal to change and um yeah it seems crazy that you shrinking a business makes you happier but it actually has done it's um given me the control back a little bit um so have you have you now got less square footage than you did before absolutely yeah it's really small now um I'm probably like three meters square and you know it's tiny it's really really tiny Um, and I was unsure whether customers would like that whether they'd find that a little bit claustrophobic whether it would be a bit too intense you know having a small space Um, but I found the opposite people absolutely love it Um, there's a really gorgeous little farmer's market that happens every Saturday morning literally next door to me very handy (laughs) which is so nice so for getting lunch and for customers yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's like a double whammy that isn't it um and yeah I'm taking more on well fingers crossed and touch wood and everything um on a Saturday I take more than I did in town which, oh wow so you've 
I find crazy. <laughs> but that's it, isn't it? It is, um, as as they say, it's location, location, location. And if you're yeah. seeing the writing on the wall in the location you're in, the yeah. footfall's changing and everything, then it is time to make that yeah. move. And it sounds like like you made the perfect perfect shift. Yeah, absolutely. There were people saying, oh, you're nuts, Kirsty. Why are you doing that? You should either just quit or, um, you know, just find somewhere on the high street. But the high street is, you know, in the traditional sense of sitting next to, I don't know, Starbucks or wherever. Um, you know, the business rates are crazy. The rents are crazy. And you cannot guarantee people coming through the door and actually purchasing stuff. So I needed to make sure that my rents were, you know, as low as I can get them um, and as flexible for me as well. So just. And pres- presumably, I mean, you mentioned um, that you, you're you open, the physical store's mm-hmm. open. I think you said Thursday to Sunday? Thursday, uh, Friday and Saturday. Thursday, Friday, Friday and Saturday. So I'm guessing when you were in the Castle Arcade, yeah. that wasn't an option. You had to do the Monday to Saturday? Uh, yeah, I was open, yeah, Tuesday to Saturday. So I had Sunday, Monday off just because it was me. Um, I was getting to a point where... I was pretty much working seven days a week because I don't think people realise the paperwork involved um, (laughs) behind and the emails and keeping on top of 60 different designers and makers invoicing and doing the website. Uh, You you just literally, I couldn't switch off. So um, this actually gives me the freedom to have a day off, which is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And and necessary, you know, especially when you're working in the creative spaces, you need a bit of brain freedom to kind of recharge the batteries, don't you? Yeah, totally. And I think you're more productive when you do, when you give yourself those days off. um, Mm -hmm. I feel so much better. And I was chatting to a friend the other day and I was saying, you know, uh, Jay Bloggs that has uh, nine to five, they'll have Saturday, Sunday off, and then they'll have however many 30 days annual leave every year. And yeah, as a self-employed person, you feel very guilty when you give yourself a day off, but I don't think you should. I think they're very valuable and yeah, definitely worth <laughs> worth it. Yeah, I have to say when I banned myself <laughs> from working weekends, everything got better. Yeah. My business got better, my bank account got better and my life got better. It's yeah. like you have to some partly because I had that free time for my brain, but also because yeah. I was forcing myself to make better decisions about where I spent my work hours. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's 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 really valuable. It's one of the things that I'm really definitely going to keep going because I, I just going backwards to where I was it was basically driving myself into the ground and I wouldn't have been able to it's keeping up that sort of hamster wheel and that's mm. not fun so well talking about time um obviously you as, as someone running their own bricks and clicks business you have a lot of different hats to juggle how do you um juggle them I suppose how do you do you allocate time like okay now you're doing Thursday to Sunday Thursday Saturday is in the shop so Wednesday's about the marketing and Tuesday's about the buying or is it just whatever's screaming at you loudest on a daily basis um it used to be um I used to just kind of ad hoc it and just see what needed doing when but now um, I'm trying to be stricter on my days. Um, so I try and do sort of Tuesday as, uh, so I have Sunday, Monday as days off. And then Tuesday tends to be 
sort of organising the week and seeing what's coming up um, and doing all of the emails, kind of getting back to those um, and some of the sort of invoicing. And then Wednesday tends to be sort of like creative content. So trying to figure out what blogs I want to do um, you know trying to figure out social media maybe meet up with Matt um, and yeah really get kind of like almost like a month's plan in mm-hmm. place um, and then I'm trying to do sort of my own photography a little bit more so um, I'm trying to make Wednesday like a photography day so taking pictures of the products whether that be in the shop or whether um trying to get them on location maybe doing like a little shoot in the house or something like that so it gives me that freedom to be able to to do that now excellent okay and um you've mentioned about the importance of the right building the right partnerships with people and you mentioned about all those different makers that you're working with and the importance Mm -hmm. of those is that is is the right um designer to have their products featured in your shop is that kind of that that key to your brand and your customer loyalty do you think yeah so um I think having the right yeah the right makers and designers in the shop is is crucial um yeah they need to be coming from the same um sort of background as the other products and they need to kind of like work together I think um it would be very hard for me to have a product that was, you know, hugely mass produced um, in the shop. Um, it, it just wouldn't sit well alongside mm-hmm. some of the other products that I've got, if that makes sense. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, and I also, from doing the show, the trade shows myself with my own lighting, um, a lot of the makers that I've got, um, I've made via that way so um Kirsty from Tom Pigeon and um, she makes beautiful beautiful prints and jewelry really clean graphic lines which are really gorgeous and we were at a trade show next to each other and um I was chatting and I said about you know potentially having the shop and she's I've stocked her since day one and um, and yeah it's great being able to have that you know, communication and friendship with um, the designers that I've got in the shop so I can tell the customers, you know, who makes it, why they make it, you know, where they make it. And I think that's really valuable. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's something which um, people quite often miss when they're doing the boutique style business that you are, yeah. you know, whether it's homewares or whether it's fashion mm-hmm. is you have to have a reason for pulling that edit, that curation of products together. And it generally comes down to design and ethos. And if you can't get that right, then the customers, they're just not going to follow you. Yeah, absolutely. And the the best thing is when a customer comes in and they say, oh, I love everything in this shop. And I'm like, yes, I've got it right. You know, I feel like... (laughs) Um, you know that makes me really happy that people because it's such a daunting thing choosing products is anybody going to like you know mm-hmm. that, that you put on the shelf it's really you're almost putting yourself on the shelf because you've, yeah. you've everything so um yeah I always want people to love what they're seeing so it, yeah it makes the world a difference when somebody comes in and you hear them chatting and they're like oh this is great that's lovely I really like this and yeah it's really great <laughs> so what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now um oh gosh I think it's probably 
yeah, it has to be my designers, I think, really. Um, and yeah, just being able to showcase their products and um, give them a platform to be able to be seen. Um, and obviously the e-commerce is so important, but um, I find that so many people still really love being able to come in and, and touch and feel and see the size and scale of a product and the colour and um, yeah, being able to maybe a customer will come in and they'll have emailed to say do you have this product can I come in and see it and you know they see it and love it and um yeah I think that's a great way of um showcasing the designers that I've got and yeah they're definitely awesome <laughs> excellent well look before we go into the top tips round I've got a little extra question for you it's quite okay. a top top tip question mm-hmm. all of its own which is that we've got lots of people listening who are maybe just about to launch their physical store or they've been running it for a year and they're struggling or they're, mm-hmm. they're looking for that, you know, that moment of boom and away it goes. Yeah. You got any advice to them who are out there? Well, um, I think the biggest thing is research. Um, it's so boring, but it's so important. Um, I sat in the coffee shop opposite um, when I before I opened um, in car, in the city centre um, and I did like a little question and answer with customers walking past. It was really awkward and it was really hard, but I just wanted to find out whether people would be interested in having a shop like that. Um, and then I emailed um, all of my friends and family and just asked them what products they would like to buy and what price point they like. And it's, totally not me because I really don't like doing any of the written side of things um but it gave me so many good answers um and I think listening to your customer is probably the biggest thing that you can do really Uh, you're a woman after my own heart with that Kirsty right I think we should go into the top tips round and I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level so first up is the book top tip if everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better which book would you recommend oh well I'm gonna go off piste here that's (laughs) cool off piste is fine um because yeah, I'm really rubbish at reading. I, I obviously can read, but I just don't enjoy it that much. Um, so I really like um, if I've got a day off or take a Friday off, um, I'd go to a town or city that I haven't been to um, and really explore like the independence. And yeah, just because I really love independent shops and coffee shops and businesses, I normally just do that and do a bit of research and kind of, and um, yeah see how their businesses work and yeah just have a little nose around other cities really um, I love it that's an awesome answer okay um off piste is always good uh the traffic top tip which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves um well I've got this kind of like love hate thing with Instagram at the moment and um, I really love it and I love um, being able to show my products and show the shop and show what I'm about um, and I love seeing on the other side I love seeing other people's um, products and what they're about and stories and things but it's so hard to know um, how much sales come from that and time investment and whether it's worth it or and the whole algorithm thing which is mm-hmm. probably a whole other 
topic but um uh, I think the number one thing has got to be um word of mouth <laughs> um which is super old school um but you just can't beat it you can't beat another customer referring and saying I've bought this and this is really great and you should go down and check it out and then you have customers coming in saying oh my friend told me to come here this is amazing and you know they buy whether it's just a card or a house plant or some jewelry or maybe even just coming in and having a nose and loving it and then knowing that I'm there that's the most important I think Excellent. Okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Um, and yeah, this is again me going old school. <laughs> I really like um, stationery. Um, so I use a lot of um, uh, pads and uh, sort of tick lists. Um, so that's what I tend to do is I find that if I've got it written down in front of me, um, I'll actually get it done. Whereas if I pop it on a note on my phone, um, I tend to get distracted and I'm not, I won't, might not check my phone or something. So I really like having a tick list either on my desk or um, next to me in the shop that I can work my way through. Excellent advice. I'm a big fan of paper too, it has to be said. Uh, Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Um, Yeah, I think I need that advice as well. But um, I think I definitely say just being really consistent with your story um, and just, yeah, just being very just you basically um and just getting your story across and why you do it and why you love it um and yeah people love to know why you're doing it um I think if there's no face behind it then people will be unsure about your business so um I think if if you're behind it whether you're the designer of the product or whether you're the storeholder yeah, I think people like to know about the person behind the business. Oh, so true. Right, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Kirsty, before we say goodbye, could you let listeners know where they can find you in the real world and the virtual world, please? Well, in the real world, you can find me um, at 64A Glenroy Street in Roth in Cardiff um, in the Coach House. And then online, it's homebykirsty.com. And then on the social medias, it's all at Home by Kirsty. Brilliant. Well, I'll add links to all the virtual bits at any rate uh, and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Kirsty, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You've been an awesome guest and it's been brilliant listening to your fascinating story. Well, you're welcome, Chloe. Thanks for asking me to, to be on here an awesome look into the world of the bricks and clicks boutique business there with Kirsty and I just love the fact that by making her business fit her better and making that bold decision to move from the the prime city centre location out to a much quieter uh, business address she's actually 
basically turn around her business. Um, Really, really fascinating to chat to her. And if you're running a business selling visual products, then make sure you check out next week's episode where I'm going to be chatting with Pinterest expert and e-commerce store owner, Catherine Morehouse. I tell you this um, right now because it's already recorded, so I know just how awesome the episode is. So make sure you tune back in for the next one because it really is a must listen if you want to know how to get sales from Pinterest. And uh, Catherine is kind enough to share her three-step process with us all. So uh, a must listen for next week. Do let me know what you think about the world of bricks and clicks and Pinterest and all the rest of it in our Facebook group, ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook to get there and have a great week and keep optimising. Bye. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.